feature presentation. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 120 of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. So, Matt, are you unofficially Vin Diesel's new publicist? Yeah. <laughs> If you guys don't know what Eric's referencing, last night, we're recording this on a Sunday, you're probably listening to it on a Monday or later this week, but um, we've already dated it, but hey, that's what we do. Um, Yeah, I was on Instagram at like midnight last night and I came across a Vin Diesel post and it was him and Brie Larson and they were like looking stoned off their fucking goal and like, like, and then I'm like reading the caption and it's like, I'm so happy Brie Larson joining the family. I sound like Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. But like, um, <laughs> but I screenshotted it because I'm like, I'm pretty sure this isn't news. Like I go, I, or this isn't known yet. So like I Googled it quickly and I'm like, was, was I supposed to know Brie Larson was in Fast 10? And I was like, no, I don't think anyone knows this. He just randomly posted at 1150 on a Saturday evening and just announces to everyone, like, I don't know if Universal's okay with this or anyone is, but it's so funny because he just posts these photos of like him just laughing with her and this long ass caption that says, I'm so happy that you're in the family. And um, I screenshotted it and posted it because I'm like, I'm pretty sure no one on Twitter because I'm like, I'm pretty sure no one knows this. And then um, I woke up for the morning and I guess people found out well obviously he has millions of followers on Instagram it's not like I'm breaking a story but like I just thought it was funny that I le- like the worst time to post news about something which is midnight on a Saturday <laughs> it's like so it's almost like he was just hanging out and he's like yo we should we should post this on Instagram right now it's like Vin uh, did you clear this with anyone and um and then discussing film took my screenshot and posted it and got tens of thousands of likes so you know you're welcome guys maybe you should follow vin diesel on instagram so you can look at midnight on a saturday and get the news okay wow vinsider bitter how are you <laughs> no i'm not that's, discussing news that's, is great they're, they're so, very good at repurposing news they're very right. on top of things but they did take my screenshot yeah that's so vin um it, it is interesting though like considering you know that whole rock fiasco with him posting on instagram that uh obviously photoshopped image of the two together standing, trying to get them oh yeah that he's taller standing at the same height he's <laughs> <laughs> trying to extend the olive branch to get him back for fast 10 and then after that with the rock kind of being like no you don't you don't that's not the way that you handle that kind of situation um and now this so like it's just it's kind of interesting that vin diesel's kind of gone rogue a little bit where it's just like i mean yeah, he's always whatever it feels like he always does that i think the jason momoa thing he just posted too right like it's almost like he's this is his franchise i guess where i mean he's a producer on it now too and like um you know it, it is his baby so i guess he gets to do what he wants it's just so he's just it's you never know what you're gonna get and it's so funny like i just think like it's not i get it he's announcing someone joining the next fast movie on instagram it's just when he did it is really comical to me because like no one is breaking news or announcing things on a weekend for one yeah. and then a weekend on i know he's on the west coast so sure it's 8 45 p.m for him when he's smoking a joint with brie larson or whatever but like it's just uh it's so funny that like it's just posting that on 
on Instagram and uh, Vin Diesel's just the best. He's the best. I mean, not even um, like, you know, Will Smith was smart enough to do that where like, you know, he posted that he was resigning from the Academy sure. on a Friday you know, night that's or if afternoon. you want news to be buried, yes. that's when you do it. Right. But like it's for a big announcement, like, you know, Brie Larson, who, you know, Captain Marvel, she's a big movie star. It's just like announcing her to be in the next Fast and Furious, which is one, one of the biggest franchises like in the world. It's just it, it's so funny. Like his whole team, Universal are all probably like, Vin, you could have done this on a Monday morning, but like, it's just, it's, <laughs> he's not it's strategic, so Vin. He's, he's, he's no, of the he's moment. impulsive. Yeah. yeah. He's Vinpulsive, you know? Uh, <laughs> Eric, how are you otherwise? Though? I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm still recovering from, uh, speaking of, uh, Universal seeing, uh, Michael Bay's ambulance in mm-hmm. a theater all to myself, the IMAX theater at Landmark Cinemas. Were you literally alone? I was the only person in the theater. Incredible. On Friday <laughs> afternoon at 12 45 <laughs> sitting there just thinking to myself yep this is gonna be really interesting and then when the movie ended two hours and 18 minutes later i was like a breezy quick michael bay movie it was still just as exhausting as uh transformers the last night which was the last theatrical release of his i saw in theaters and after watching that movie because it was a wednesday night mm. and i had to review it for rogers the next day after that screening so i got out at around like what like it was that movie's like two hours and 34 minutes it started at like seven so i got out at around like what like 10 uh got home past midnight wrote the review you know was up until i think like three or four then did the voiceover in the morning and that's when you know like rogers was still open so i did it in studio yeah. so i was like i looked like a wreck uh at at 8 30 a.m things you would do for transformers well they just just in terms the of people like needed having, to know yeah they did the they needed, needed to know, to know. <laughs> how mark Wahlberg fared <laughs> the, the second time trans- yeah <laughs> uh. as Cade yeager um yeah so with with after that like genius I, inventor i kind of <laughs> <laughs> now it now now a man of uh faith mark Wahlberg. Yeah, um sure <laughs> which makes me even love boogie nights even more that he kind of oh, has, i watched the boogie nights trailer last night that he's actually. disowned it as well because he doesn't want like his family to see it he says that like he if he could have a second chance he would i mean you know you can love god and do movies that like are about flawed characters or about the porn industry like it's not anyways i don't i don't get it but whatever yeah so after that i did i haven't i still haven't even seen six underground um no, i haven't seen two-thirds of, of six it underground. right and and <laughs> Part, no half. And I partly was that it was the experience of watching Transformers the last night and having this weird kind of like out of body experience, thinking like, one, why am I here? Two, this movie's still going on, and three, I would be so embarrassed if I was Anthony Hopkins right now because out of all the cast in that movie, sure. he is truly terrible in that film. But obviously, he rebounded quite well with with the father. But um, just thinking about like how that one experience basically changed my perspective on going to see Michael Bay movies for review. If it was in the morning, I would have given it a thought to, to review it, but you need more time to one, just like literally <laughs> decompress, after. lie down. Uh, like yeah. his movies in, in Zack Snyder films are, are one in the same where they're exhausting, but there's no, 
payoff to them. There's no, you know, you, you don't get any reward for having spent, you know, two plus hours enduring, you know, this sort of egotistical maniacs fantasies and, and indulgence. And, and, you know, as much as everything everywhere all at once is a lot to take in and can be as um, overwhelming as those movies, there is reward to reap from that, that experience. And there's, there's a lot there to really enjoy and love. And, and even though it can be quite a lot that first time around, it's still, worth your time and and you feel like oh you've had you know this amazing and and in my rogers review i equated everything everywhere all at once that experiences to like a workout like it is a lot but after like 20 minutes you feel good for having seen it because you you've done something good and you've and in this case you've seen something good but with bay and snyder movies there are there are movies that it's just like they literally just exhaust you to the point of frustration um sure and michael bay's ambulance is 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 in that same category (laughs) which i so i mean to clarify for everyone we don't have a review for ambulance because i fell into the category of i just i don't have the energy i i couldn't and i've i've heard from some people that they like it and it's getting okay reviews and, and stuff like that but um i because of everything eric just said um was a reason why I kept putting it off. I was going to see it this morning even, but I know at that two hours, 20 minutes. And I know like sometimes I don't mind a Michael Bay, shut off your brain, watch some shit explode, some macho dude shooting people, some, you know, low angles, some fucking helicopters, some military stuff, some sweaty people, some, you know, sunsets and shit. Like I, I sometimes that's fine. And I, you I'm just sure like everything like, that's in ambulance. <laughs> oh, I know, I, dude, I know I haven't seen ambulance, but I know it's exactly an ambulance. And it's like, you know, I, I don't, it's not that I don't even want to see it. Cause I think I will eventually go see it. It's just, I, it, I need to be in a specific mood for that. Yeah. To your point of being like, prepared that it's just going to be that for two hours and 20 minutes and sometimes that will click with you or sometimes it won't and lately with michael bay stuff it hasn't been because i feel like i have been exhausted from the transformers movies and then you know you want a little bit of that back with bumblebee because you got him away from the franchise and things like that but um six underground broke me where i it was like it's that thing we talked about with netflix even over the last couple of weeks and we continuously say like with the bubble review especially <coughs> excuse me sorry um where you give a filmmaker especially a self-indulgent filmmaker a little bit too much power and and final cut or just little studio notes or going well you know there's not as much risk as if we put this out in theaters so you can kind of do whatever the hell you want. And with six underground, I felt like it was Michael Bay at like, you know, he's already in every movie at 11 or 15. And this was at like 20 and like, I just still there for ambulance. Yeah. I, I I don't know, dude, like you haven't seen six underground yet, but, and, and the Ryan Reynolds factor in that too, like everyone, I mean, if you're a frequent listener, you know that, that his, shtick is becoming a little tired uh yeah the adam project real winner um yeah i mean i didn't hate that movie but yes um i so i don't know man like i just couldn't i couldn't do it i'm like i don't know if we need to review this and i feel like with the box office you're seeing a lot of other people kind of feel like do i need to go see this (laughs) like do i need to see a michael bay movie and i you know there's a lot of people talking about being like well is it because universal has that 14 or 17 day theatrical window now so it's going to be on 
probably premium VOD, but on VOD in, in less than two weeks now. And, um, you know, these types of movies, which, you know, one side is clamoring for being like adult driven action movies that are non-franchise and it's definitely driven i don't know if it's adult (laughs) that's what i mean so like but you know what i mean like non non non-franchise stuff that are for adults and then um but no one goes out and not necessarily we have to support michael bay (laughs) like (laughs) he's one of um, our greatest independent minds so I just was like, I can't, we skipped the screening of it, the press screening. And then I was going to go see it at some point. And I just, anyways, long winded, I just didn't have the energy. And I think after six underground, I was just like, I'll eventually go see this, but I don't know if we need to review it, but I, I'm glad you saw it. You can talk about it a little bit here and we can talk about, I, I thought we'd talk about Michael Bay in general. Cause like he is an interesting dude. And I think he has such like a, you know, he is an auteur, maybe our first vulgar auteur. <laughs> like, um... I mean, he's also a man child. Uh, like, he's yeah. he's one of those guys. Like his movies. I mean, you summed up all of his signature sort of elements and tropes that are in a lot of his movies. On top of the sexism, racism. Oh, sure. Uh, is there some of that? In oh, there, there yeah. is, but it's it's. I will say this to his credit: it is a little bit sort of dulled down. And I don't even dislike ambulance, but the thing with ambulances is like, okay, you have a cross of both a heist movie and a getaway film, sure, and it's so simplistic. You don't need to yeah. do much more with it. You just need to presented to the audience you have a good cast you have jake gyllenhaal who's literally looks like he's on cocaine for the whole thing i heard that um and you're watching it and you're like okay this doesn't need a whole lot more to be entertaining you've got good actors you have a filmmaker who knows what he's doing even though he's very self-indulgent to the point where he you know goes into overkill and that's the problem with this movie like every three seconds there's a cut every other scene is this swooping drone sequence that reminds you something out of gaspar noe's enter the void or something like that it's well, it, it reminds me of that kind of mm. that level of self-indulgence where you, i mean even though michael bay didn't write this he doesn't really write any of his stuff the script is now being self-referential to Bay's other works where you have a scene that is basically framed like the beginning of Pulp Fiction with Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta talking about uh, El Royale with cheese in a car. Mm-hmm. But now you have these two cops in ambulance driving to a bank talking about the rock and talking about the scene where Sean Connery no. <laughs> uh, says, you know, like what winners go home and fuck the prom queen. No. And then they talk about bad boys and you're just like, no, get over yourself, man. Like I understand he has, a, I a get place. what you said where he didn't write the script, but you mean like if he wasn't directing the movie, I don't know. if Exactly. And that's the thing where it's like, like Gaspar Noe does that as well, where like he'll have characters in his movies named Gaspar and like he'll reference his own stuff. And Lars von Trier does that as well. And, and, Michael Bay it can be fine sometimes, but like, I, I, but it's, it's not one of those works, movies, right? though. I mean, this is based yeah. on a, a this is a remake of a Danish film to begin with, and and again, like, it doesn't need to have this level. Of, it's like asking for like a hamburger and saying, "Can I get ketchup, you know, lettuce, cheese, and and, and an onion on it?" And then you get it back, and it's done animal style, but it's like drenched in 
you know, the, the special sauce. Yeah. And it's yeah. just so much slop to get Donkey through. Sauce. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Michael Bay's diarrhea sauce. And is there great product placement in the movie? There is, but there's not like as much again like as like the, the Transformers movies. And, and again, there's, 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 there's some homophobic stuff. You have an FBI agent who's kind of Serial tracking stocks to me, tracking uh, down Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Who's this career criminal who sets this whole thing up and brings in like a Brooklyn crew to you know uh basically rob this la bank um but this fbi agent um you know is gets called in right in the middle of a therapy session with his husband and like there's stuff with that that's like a little cringy but not as cringy Mm -hmm. as some of the stuff you've seen before in michael bay movies the way that there are some shots within the ambulance itself when you are introduced and to the third kind of main character. The two leads are um, Yahya Abdul Maytin the second and Jake Gyllenhaal playing brothers. And Yahya's character comes to Jake um, in need of money to pay for his wife's uh, experimental uh, surgery, which they don't go into really any detail course, about that. Course. It's just like just the basic plainest setup ever. Like that's the only thing in this movie that is kind of just like presented in a kind of very uh, simple fashion. Yeah. that it, And that's it. And then after that, it's like, everything is overly complicated and stylized, hyper stylized to the point of where it's like, you feel like you're going to have a heart attack uh, even before you get to the ambulance part of it, because then you have the Pulp Fiction Reservoir Dogs heat section of the movie. Then it becomes speed. Uh, there's also a, a couple references to Black Hawk Down. Specifically, there's a surgery within the ambulance. It's actually not that badly done and, and very uh, grotesque. So if you have somebody that you know that wants to see this movie that might be a little bit queasy when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, violence or, or uh, any sort of gore. score maybe best not to see that nevis is gonna maybe go with me today there's but, one yeah. scene in particular <laughs> where it's like it's like out of black hawk down where yeah they cl- they're trying to clamp the one guy's artery in that movie oh, and that's what okay. it's referencing specifically right. and obviously i mean even black hawk down is uh, a brockheimer production but directed by ridley scott um and and again like um you know all these references that's that Bay is mining from <clears throat> are done better in those movies, whether it be Tarantino, whether it sure. be Michael Mann, whether it be Ridley Scott, whether it be, you know, Tony Scott. And it's like, to me, it's like, I really wish Tony Scott was still around because he, he would have killed this because you look at yeah. how simplistic unstoppable is, but the way in which he does it, he adds enough style to make it interesting, but he never, it's not overkill. And mm-hmm. and again, when you get into the ambulance and you're introduced to uh, the the paramedic played by um, Isa Gonzalez, there's not as much sexism, but there are shots of like you know lower angle shots of her mm-hmm. ass and things like that, and you're just like, okay, like here's the typical Michael Bay. I get it. She's of, beautiful. Yeah. Let's like it's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's and, really silly. And so again, like it's not the worst movie ever made. It's mm-hmm. just so self indulgent. And self-referential to the point where by the time you get to the end of it, you're just like, you you know, to quote Martin Lawrence in Bad Boys, you know, why you have to be all that? You you don't. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of experience this is. It's like, I, I see a really clean, well-made, somewhat interesting storyline yeah. with, yeah. with a completely game, even though he's gonzo, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen the second is great. There's even a stupid ass reference to Watchmen where there's a phone that has the, um, 
the smiley face logo on the back okay. of it and you're just like movie come on um <laughs> it's 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 really dumb it's so over the top i i think it, it would have been really interesting to see if they even though this is a smaller michael bay movie 40 million dollar budget and what have you but like i think it would have been really more interesting to see if he continued kind of going down copying the coen brothers a little bit with pain and gain like yeah. i think that that i think that's my have... favorite michael bay movie same um... Like, I, I remember that being, you know, so refreshing at that time. I remember going to that screening with you at Varsity. And, like, that's in between, you know, that's after three Transformers movies, right? Yeah. And then you're like, okay, like, let's finally do something maybe a little bit smaller. Still have a lot of, you know, those auteur kind of Michael Bay uh, things in the movie. But it suited that movie so well. And like you said, it felt like a Michael Bay Coen Brothers movie. And it just felt like it, it was dark and funny and weird at times, but then still had all that kind of trademark stuff. Maybe not the bombastic like action, even though it, it, it still has some moments. of those like shots like, that he has where, where like the camera is literally going oh, you totally, know, from yeah. one room to another. Yeah, swooping yeah. through or the very low angles and stuff like that like all that kind of stuff i referenced at the opening where i'll say this um, though as well i buy mark Wahlberg as a personal trainer more than a scientist yeah. <laughs> than an inventor um and i think like you know you look through his filmography and like you know i i will admit like i'm a bad boys fan like i like bad boys one and two i like the rock a lot um i like armageddon even like pearl harbor i know a lot of people poke fun at that movie i think it was perfectly fine like um his early stuff fits that era of the late nineties, early two thousands. It just feels like he hasn't grown from that. Right. Yeah. Like, he's like Kevin painting, Smith in a lot yeah. of ways where like his style, he's so inept as a filmmaker that you're always going to get the same exact thing over and over again to the point where he made five movies in a franchise the same way. The only thing that was different is that the technology got a little bit better as, you know, each movie was made and progressed and what have you. But weirdly, those movies are more offensive on the sexism, racism, homophobic yeah. scale than ambulance. And those are kids' movies, which is mind boggling. They're supposed to be. They're supposed to be. Yeah, kids. yeah. And, and <laughs> but so, they're not. <laughs> and, and, and again, like, I think Bay, yes, he has a signature style. Obviously, you know, The Rock was on, you know, the Criterion label for a while on, on Armageddon and well. Armageddon but again he owes so much to Tony Scott it's unbelievable totally. like like post Top Gun that like literally that's been Michael Bay's bread and butter and and he is one of those guys that just has not taken his style and done anything new with them and you know obviously the longer his movies get, the more uh, of an obstacle course it feels to get through them. If you're not on board with all the machismo and all of the, you know, glistening, sweaty, beautiful people and, you know, um, over the top theatrics and jokes that are like humor that you're, you're, not even your dad will laugh at anymore. Like no, I, it's like juvenile yeah. kind of stuff that not like, maybe a teenager would laugh at it, but not even like at least in the Transformers movies, that's what he was going for. But yeah, but um, those are in like, all of his movies. Oh, totally. Like they, uh, yeah, it's bizarre. Like I forgot he made that Benghazi movie. Like, oh, 13, thirteen hours. hours. And then um, and he's very conservative I, too. Like that's the yeah. other thing where like ambulance does have a lot of 
you know, like it's very pro police. Like part of the storyline is that the reason why, you know, the, the FBI, the police and all the people that are involved um, in trying to, you know, uh, stop this ambulance is that the re- they have this cop on board who um, is still alive. And there are sequences where it very much is sort of, it is a pro police film and whether or not yeah. you agree with that, it's, that's, up, that's up to you. But like the way that he shoots white police officers specifically is very heroic um, yeah. in a way. And and even with the Benghazi stuff, like it, like the way that he shoots the American soldiers and like, totally. It's just, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, again, like he, <laughs> I'm sure he voted for Trump. <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but, um, yeah, I mean, one thing I will say is that I'm like kind of happy he got away from Transformers. So like as much as Six Underground, like to me was even almost more unbearable, like at least these last two movies, I don't know, feel like, again, he's not really changing his style, but he knows, I guess what he's quote unquote good at. And he's just kind of delivering that, even though if. It's the same thing over and over and over again, um, because then you are getting away from, you know, from 2007 to 2017. So a whole decade, basically all he did was Transformers movies, right? Which shows he doesn't pain. care either, like about what he's doing mm-hmm. career wise and not necessarily that you have to be like, oh, well, I have to, you know, once I go and make this movie, I have to go and do this kind of film afterwards like that, that you know, you but it's almost like the island failed and then that made him go, okay, I need to do it something safe and then yeah. stick with a franchise for a while, right? And he really and then, literally stuck it out. And it was also funny watching Ambulance thinking about that one press junket soundbite of him saying, oh, I didn't like some of the special effects. Because there, it, there is one. There is one where it's like, okay, this is this is one of this those. This is what he's talking, yeah. to, what talking about. I think he's like clarified that those comments, but it's still a weird thing. Well, he's always been like that. I mean, he's always been like socially awkward as well. Like there is that video of him introducing the curved oh, television. Right. And which he just walks off. He, Remember that? Yeah, it is amazing. <laughs> oh, man. He is um, ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. I will see Ambulance at some point. I don't think we'll end up doing like a full review on it. We've pretty much got your thoughts right now. And, and I'm i'll bring it up if i see it on the main show but i um i just i need to build up the energy for that and uh it's definitely one of those movies where it's like don't do a double bill with anything else and i I weird again like i weirdly would recommend seeing this in the theater than at home because you won't even finish it at home no it's it's i I feel like again like i know you have a really uh great you know home theater system but it's almost like one of those movies where like a, a mercy is watching it on a 50 foot screen. Yes. No, I mean, that's a Michael Bay movie in general. Like that's why six underground played really weird being a Netflix movie. And then I, I mean, I did go to Tiff bell Lightbox to watch six underground and uh, I couldn't even make it through that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll give ambulance a shot. I just don't know when I am going to see it. And we've been going to more like, We've been kind of like for inside baseball stuff. We've been kind of skipping press screenings of late just because of the times that they are. We're in this weird phase. Like some things are in the mornings, press screenings, but some things are on like that Wednesday night before a movie comes out and you just put it pretty well at the beginning where it's, that's tough for you to get your review out on a Friday because it just makes you have to kind of rush to the finish line and it's almost not worth it for you and same with us i mean we don't have any deadlines like we like again our sonic the hedgehog review 
uh, you guys can check out right now. And like, you know, I don't mind putting stuff out on the weekend or the Monday after it comes out, but we've been going to the theater more often and like paying for a ticket and going to see stuff. And I did that for Sonic and Morbius and Morbius. We supported Morbius. And the reason I would have gone to that press screening, it was just that that was the morning I was doing the interview with uh, Ki Hui Kwan. And I wanted just to have as much time to kind of like, focus and 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 do a little bit of morbid morbius you mean yeah 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 for that morning so that morning i kind of did all the prep for for everything everywhere uh, i like going to like i've been enjoying i love press screenings obviously like we're very lucky i'm very grateful but um there is something about going to like even if it's with um like sonic like going to see it with like families and you went to a screening which had a lot of kids as well but oh, and we'll talk so many kids you guys can talk about that on we'll talk about that on the review which you guys can check out um but i've been enjoying going to queensway um uh more often and it's our local kind of cineplex now and um i do miss landmark whippy i will admit that um but we've been driving down. It's like a 10, 15 minute drive to get down to Queensway. So it makes it really easy. The one thing I'll say, like they're, I actually think Queensway's a pretty solid theater. Like they have a good VIP area, good parking, um, which you don't really get in Toronto that often. And uh, their cinemas are pretty good for the most part. Like everything that I've gone to see there in a regular theater has been surprisingly decent when it comes to projection and sound. Obviously you're not getting masking or anything like that, but um the one thing i will say for sonic which i can bring up here that we won't need to talk about in the review is that this or i might bring it up but um i was in the avx theater and the sound was awful it was just awful and i'm like this is supposed to be a premium format and it was just it sounded like the voice channel in the center was very clear and then all of the music and the sound effects were so faint in the two front speakers and it didn't feel like there was any surround at all it almost felt like when you have those baby screenings at cineplex where they like lower the sound for people so it doesn't it's not too intense or anything like that it's just so different than like how fucking loud an imax theater is or uh, even the avx at young and dundas i think is really good but the avx theater at, at queensway was janky man and but, you need um, to listen to uptown funk you know at full blast <laughs> Uh, for the theatrical experience of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um, so go check out that review, everyone. And we have some other stuff you guys could check out. Eric mentioned we have a ton of everything, everywhere, all at once um, uh, content out right now. You guys can check out our review, which is really awesome, over on Untitled uh, Movie Reviews. And then we also have a couple interviews, which kind of took the place of the main show last week. So that's why we didn't have an episode. So Eric interviewed K Hui Kwan uh, from Everything Everywhere uh, All at Once. And then Eric and I also interviewed the Daniels. So you can check out both of those reviews on this feed if you haven't. Um, and if you maybe wait till you see the movie and then go check out the interviews, but um, or the review even. But uh, you guys should definitely go see it. It had a great opening weekend. We can talk about that a little bit too. I, I mean, not opening. It's technically its third weekend, but. But it went uh, wider doing, because it, it, the, yeah. the first the first week of its release was in the U.S. only. The second week, in New York and L.A. and New, San Fran, right? Yeah, and then in the second week, it was Cineplex. Was it was it Young and Dundas or was it Scotia Bank? Scotia. Toronto? So they opened a couple. It's Scotia and in Vancouver they opened as well yeah. here in Toronto. But then they expanded to some more U.S. cities like Boston. We we referenced them like yeah. bigger U.S. cities, and then and then April eighth uh, they opened much wider. Wide, there, there's still but, there's still plenty of theaters that they have not mm. opened yet and i'm sure like in the next couple of weeks like as many 
platform releases do when they're successful they'll roll out to uh further locations so like if you're in the durham region right now and you're listening to this you can i'm go surprised see it's it. in whippy yeah. yeah you can go see it at landmark cinemas in whippy and um I'm, I'm hopeful that it'll even play at some of the cineplexes like ajax and pickering in oshawa in, 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 oshawa like in the coming weeks yeah. so i hope so because like it, it made i think six uh almost seven million dollars i think it was like six point something this weekend and i think it's almost hitting eight million total for the three weekends so that's some sweet and cheddar in, for A24 and, in the yeah, US. Yeah, and then um, it was in 1,400-ish theaters. So that's like comparable to, you know, Ambulance, which we just talked about, which made, I think, $7.5 this weekend and uh, was in almost 3,400 theaters or something like that. Like, um, so you got to think like one-third of the amount of theaters. Um, like a, a typically very wide release gets over 3,000 theaters, right? So this is still a wide release because it's over 1,000, but um, pretty good haul for them. And like, uh, yeah, I hope it expands. People seem to be loving it. Like Nevis went to go see it again with her friends, and, and they all loved it. And um, everyone I've talked to... Um, Shout out to Matt Batson, who uh, does some stuff for Kind of Funny. He went and saw it and he was like, I think this might be my favorite movie ever. And I'm getting a lot of that from people, which is like, it's such a wild thing to watch a movie and people go, holy crap, this might be in like one of my favorite movies of all time, which is like, I know it's very early and, you know, we talk about hyperbole and getting caught up in everything. And, you know, I'm sure that hype and, you know, you'll it will have its detractors like Lightscaper Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> but um but you know it, you're always gonna get that when a movie starts to and there's something wrong with with, with not, not liking liking something. a yeah. film i mean we we're gonna be talking about that quite a bit with sonic too but um it's it's how you hey, write you, a review <laughs> right yeah you know it's like that that lights camera uh jackson um tweet was something <laughs> i'll just say that yeah 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 again but i'm, I'm so glad to it's see good that to be critical well. of it, even things you like hey, everyone's you know? entitled of your yeah. opinion or uh, of an opinion so um i agree with that of your opinion <laughs> but sometimes you're wrong <laughs> no 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 i mean like again, you know like, i'm kidding we've talked you know about I'm this kidding. with mad max too right like i i oh, think i was gonna title this episode mad max is actually bad but i didn't <laughs> So, see that's the thing um, where it's like i respect your opinion and oh you know, you know and i'm shit posting and, and sort of trolling you know yeah. that but like um and i think everyone who sees me tweet that knows that like i so I, I guess i can talk about that i went to go see mad max fury road at um tiff bell Lightbox. i should actually make a time code i'm not making any time codes right now idiot um the bayham has begun i already absolute bayham was the last title uh our friend uh, Matt Brown wrote a. Well, oh, you're um, a friend. I, I don't really uh, know him. Sure, Nevis's friend, yeah. my friend. Um, you don't know Matt very well, but Matt works at TIFF. He wrote a book about Mad Max Fury Road, um, and Nevis edited the book actually for him. So um, a lot of connections there. But he was introing Mad Max Fury Road for his like kind of like a book launch at TIFF. Um, he had a wonderful intro to the movie um he did a fantastic job i love his passion for that movie he really really loves it and he knows it very very well gets a lot more out of it than i do which is totally fine but he had a fantastic intro um uh so shout out to matt for that you guys should check out his book if you do like the movie i know kyle buchanan also has a book out for mad max right now which i ordered that so which he poked fun at, at um a little bit in his intro not poked fun at kyle but he was just like i did not 
not write this book. He's like, I will sign this book if you want me to, but it's not mine. And then like, so he's like, if you're, so you're here talking for about this blood, book, sweat and chrome. Yeah. And then he's like, if you're here for that book, uh, I'm sorry. That's not what we're here for. But so that was funny. He introed it. It was great. Um, and Mad Max is one of those movies. We had a great discussion on our best films of the decade when we did our best films between you know 2010 and 2020. You guys should check out that episode. It's I forget what number it was, but um, go back and look for that where Eric and I gave our best films of the decade. Um, and we had a little bit of a conversation about Mad Max there because it was your number one and yep. it didn't make my list at all. And I've given that movie. I've, Eric, it's no I've Sonic that 2. movie. I like Sonic 2 more. And that's not even a shitpost. That's the honest to God truth. Um, I've given that movie like 10 different shots. Like maybe not 10, probably five. I've watched that movie five times, I think. Uh, once in theaters, uh, once at home uh, in the regular edition, once in black and chrome. Uh, and then I think maybe this is the fourth time I've seen it. Um, and this time was in 35 millimeter. Uh, at TIFF, so probably the best possible way you could see this movie. Um, and I went in going, okay, you know, each time it kind of fluctuates. The first time I saw it, I was like, I don't like this movie at all. Then the second time, I'm like, ah, it's fine. And then the third time, I remember going, okay, it's good. And now I'm back down to, I don't like this movie. <laughs> and I'm like, I just, I can't, I don't know what it is, um, but it it starts and you know, I'm like, oh, this is cool. The print is scratched up and damaged and shit, and it looks fucking cool. Like it, it it's got that kind of texture, it, right? yeah. but like it has, it looks like a I'm at a grindhouse screening almost, right? And it's There's got a that lot of vibe sand. To it's it. rough. It's um, coarse, and it gets in. Everywhere. But dude, you would have loved it. Like the print, like usually that shit would maybe annoy you if it's supposed to be a pristine new print, but like this was like a dirty, scratched up. Like the whoever put the print together did it incorrectly, so the reel would run out and go bloop bloop bloop, and then be black for a couple seconds and then pop back in and like it added to the experience but then i'm sitting there and i'm like all right i'm gonna give this movie another fair shot i'm gonna pay attention i'm seeing it in theater i want to like this movie i want to see what everyone else sees in this movie um and then two hours and what 20 minutes 10 minutes go yeah. by and um i'm like i there is there is nothing I can, it's a movie I appreciate. And I think George Miller, like from a technical standpoint, um, it's kind of how I feel about Dune where it's just like, I, except this is a full movie and not, this is a full movie as a beginning, middle and end. I will give it that. Um, but from a technical standpoint, the stunt work, um, you know, the cinematography, just like the sheer creativeness of the production value and, and, and production design and, and stuff like that. I, I think I can appreciate, but then, and, and the story is quite simple, but it's well, speaking just something... of, of ambulance again, like yeah. looking at how George Miller approaches a story, which is literally driving back and forth. Like that's yeah. the whole movie. That's the whole thing. It's just a chase thing. Yeah. And then that's my biggest problem with it though, is that I never get invested because I get bored because it feels like the same thing for two hours and 20 minutes. And I, I just, uh, after the first sequence, which is pretty exhilarating, um, 
I just completely zone out and I get bored and I'm bored throughout the rest of the movie. And I just, it doesn't have a hook in me. I don't really care about what Max is doing. I don't care about Furiosa. Maybe I care about Furiosa a little bit more and the wives, but like I just, each time I'm like, fucking everything looks the same and i'm like all of these action set pieces feel the exact same to me and they just it's non-stop and i get that that you know gets people revved up and going and, and it's a non-stop fucking thrill ride for two hours but for me half an hour in i'm like all right can we do something else is there something else in this or is it like just this and every time i'm just like it doesn't do anything for me and I want it to so badly. And I just sit there and I'm like, I could fall asleep right now. I'm that bored. Have and, you seen um, wages of fear and, and sorcerer? No. Okay. Cause I'd be curious to get your thoughts on that. Cause there, there are obstacles throughout those movies, but mm -hmm. they're kind of like similar in the sense of like, you have a group of people transporting dynamite from one location to another. And you know, basically it's a suicide mission and, you know, from getting to A to B, that's all there is, but it's kind of like the suspense of like, how far can they get before things go horribly wrong and how are they able to maneuver certain obstacles and, and things in their way. And, you know, the character dynamics as well, in terms of how kind of different people play off of each other and yeah. uh, basically uh, conflict with one another. And, and I think like that would be interesting to see if you like those movies or, or, or not. Cause obviously like William Friedkin's remake of, of uh, Wages of Fear Sorcerer um, is more atmospheric and like the score, I think you would really like quite a bit by Tangerine Dream and, and Roy Scheider is, is the lead who obviously does have a presence all of his own. And, and, and William Friedkin at that time was kind of like, that was like his passion project. Mm -hmm. So I would be really curious to know your thoughts on, on those movies. Mm -hmm. I, I'm definitely down. And like, I don't know what else it is about the movie. Like, I don't like the, um, the war boys. Like, I don't like the look of them, like the white, kind of skin and um it just looks too phony and 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 kind of silly for me and um i like i i like the creativity of everyone like the design of you know morton joe and kind of everyone like it's really out there and it, it reminds me of like a kojima thing or, or something like that and i know he's a huge george miller fan too but um i don't know the mad max movies just never clicked with me and um just watching this over and over again now going, okay, maybe this is the time I'll see what everyone else sees. And, um, you know, I think Charlie's Theron's good. I, I think Tom Hardy is good. Um, it's a great just, cast. Like even thinking yeah. about like actors that don't have a lot to do, like even in, in the ensemble of the rock, the wives, like you have, you know, Zoe Kravitz and Riley, Riley Keough, Keough, right. Yeah. And, um, like, it's just interesting, like thinking like where they are now and, um, you know, where they were then and, and just, you know, these kind of roles that, that Miller is able to kind of make interesting, even based on just like, you know, the names of these characters alone, I think is, is fascinating, but I, I understand where you're coming from. If you just, if it's not working for you, it just, you're not. Yeah. Like I, honestly, like you're even listening to me now, I can't really even put it into words of like why it doesn't work. Like I know it's a good movie. Here's the thing. Boris like, disagrees am, with you, by the I, way. I am shit posting when I go, this movie's better than Mad Max or blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like it's just my, I, I enjoyed those movies more, but like even to give like a critical review of Mad Max, it's like from a technical standpoint, I can, 
give the movie a ton of compliments. It's just from a story and the action set pieces, which I know people really, really love. And, and it's impressive that they're all done practically for the most part. And just like some of the backgrounds are enhanced, but like, I, it's just, I don't know, maybe it's that samey kind of thing. The and, landscape um, specifically, maybe yeah, the location. And, and I just, you know, car, like it's even when, what movie did I watch? Well, the movie you suggested, was it you suggested or Neva suggested for the, my Ronan? Uh, yeah, Ronin, uh, which Neva suggested. Yeah. Um, there's that really long car chase, which we talked about, which is like an iconic car chase, right? In yeah. that movie. And I'm just realizing, like, I like car chases in movies, but I, I can't, like, if they go on too long, it just completely loses me. Where I'm like, I, and Ronin was one of those things where I'm like, I remember, like, checking my watch and going, fucking Christ, how long is this? is this car chase because it after a while i'm like all right i can only for so long uh see a car swerve in and out of traffic or around a corner or something like that with it's like i get it's exciting like i get i get that it's supposed to be exciting right um but after a while it starts to lose its kind of i don't know like intrigue when it goes on too long and then mad max is that for or fury road for me is that for two and a half hours and um you know they try to do different things whether it's different vehicles pull up or or different things jump on you know different the motorcycle gang in the canyon and there's like different set pieces i get that they're not all exactly the same but to me it just you know you're in that truck they're driving that truck and they have to stop everyone who is coming after them and to me it's just like over and over again rinse recycle repeat and even when you get there and they're like let's go back you're like oh my god we're just gonna get more of this yeah and and what's funny is like that's why a lot of people probably like it right because it is non-stop and it's just like oh now we get even more okay now they're gonna drive into them head on and we're gonna get that crazy um battle as well but like um it's the most simple criticism but it's just when a movie just doesn't click with you and you can't even really explain why when you're just like I just, it feels a lot of the same and the characters don't hook me and the plot is very simple, but maybe um, I needed something a little bit more. <laughs> I don't know, but um, it just doesn't work for me. No, that's fair. I, it's, it's always tough when it, it's a movie that kind of works for so many people yeah in the way that i mean you brought up dune where it's like last year you kind of feel like you're left out of the party a little bit especially when you love the filmmaker um someone like denny Villeneuve, who you know whose works we've we've loved in the past and when you're not on board with with a lot of people especially when it's a film that is kind of a weirder movie that kind of almost like it's like, how did this get into the studio system? Like, I, I don't yeah. know how this movie got made by a major studio, whether it be, I mean, both were Warner brothers in this case for Fury mm -hmm. uh, road and, and Dune, but like, like even with the Northman, I think is going to be an interesting conversation to have once you, once you watch it. Cause I, like I could see you having maybe the same reaction, although I could also see you really liking it because it is, it's more, that's what I mean. Like primal, it's hard, but it changes right? up the things, but there's, there is a large portion that takes place in this one village and for the longest time, like you're, you're there for the majority of the movie. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that. And no. it, it is sometimes where a movie that might be exactly like Fury road, but then it does click with me. Basically maybe a character does or the design of it. And like, 
Um, maybe just the grossness of how everyone looks too. And just like, I, I know that's appealing to some people like that, that design of that world, but like Morton Joe on um, Tinder. And I usually so love hot. like, you know what I mean? Like post-apocalyptic kind of shit, like dystopian um, society. Dystopian. Yeah. Is all my jams. So it, it, I just don't think car other than, uh, you know, bring it back to Vin Diesel, like fast and furious. If Vin like, Diesel was Morton Joe, you would love yeah, this movie. Like there's something about the fast movies, but I don't know. They know how stupid they are that like um, that and the dumb soap opera kind of nature of them is why, you know, I I, I love those movies and uh, the car chases are kind of secondary, although some of the car chases are fun and ridiculous because they get inventive with how fucking bat shit they are even if they do use cg and you know they crash a lot of cars and stuff like that when in those movies too but um yeah i think from a technical standpoint like i'll always go back to fury road being incredibly impressive um, yeah john seal's but... cinematography is so beautifully done and he came out of retirement for that um yeah th- i mean there is something that is kind of fun in its ridiculous nature of just seeing how society has completely dissolved in what it has become in the mad max world especially when you think of like even with the first mad max movie taking place like you know in a futuristic setting but there was still martial law and there was still you know you know metropolitan cosmopolitan cities and things like that like is this still supposed to be the same universe so that's the thing that's we've talked about this before and i think we talked about this on uh, our, our favorite films of, of the, the 2010s. I almost feel that George Miller has literally in the same way that Sam Raimi does with the evil dead movies is remakes Mad Max every so often. I think, I, I, I do think that the original trilogy of Mad Max uh, road warrior, and then uh, beyond the Thunderdome are, all are kind of a same. trilogy, but at the same yeah. time, they're not like necessarily sequels even like, there's there's connections there between one and two because one was uh like 78 79 and then two road warrior um which was sometimes called mad max 2 the road warrior but a lot of people know it as just the road warrior um kind of had like oh it was a continuation to see like how you know going from mad max the world went to complete shit and like gas became the main commodity and everybody is basically fighting tooth and nail for whatever is left and then the third movie is almost just like this like super stylish like a thunderdome cocaine drizzled nightmare <laughs> i think thunderdome is my favorite one thunderdome is my least like, favorite because because i think it's it's, so it's terrible stupid. it's so bad yeah. i do like the soundtrack i do like the songs that tina turner did but i feel like but i think that's very itself, telling for me that right. i'm like i love thunderdome you're, you're, you're basically the contrarian in the mad yeah. max uh, universe because like a lot of people do not love that movie outside of um the music and um like even miller like he didn't he wasn't particularly invested in that film to the point where i think that's part of the reason why he was so driven to make fury road for so many years because i'm sure in matt's book and 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 in kyle's book it goes into the history of how like he miller was trying to make fury road and i think at one point it was called wasteland for 
decades, like into the 90s and early 2000s, there was a point where Heath Ledger was going to be Mad Max in 2004 and 2005. And it was like almost like getting ready to, at the starting line for production. Then it kind of fell apart because they didn't have all the money that they needed and the resources. And then he kept working on it still. And like, obviously he did the Happy Feet films, which kind of were successful and, and kind of kept him in the game. And He's such an like, interesting filmmaker. Oh yeah. I mean, he started, I mean, like his he was a doctor like before what he was uh, a filmmaker. And the reason why he became a filmmaker was because of Mad Max, because a lot of people he was in working in the ER when he was starting out. And a lot of people would come in based on car accidents and right. he would see the results of that. And, and he couldn't stomach it, but he was also fascinated by just racing and, and, yeah. and stuff like that in general. So he went from being a doctor to a filmmaker, um, yeah. which Produced I the first babe movie then directed the sequel. And yeah. Like... And, and he's, he's, he is a really interesting guy and he has a movie coming out this year, hopefully with um, Tilda Swinton and uh, Idris Elba about a genie. Um, so we'll see if there's any car races in that, but I don't think there is. It's supposed to be really small and intimate and kind of weird, but yeah, he's, he's an interesting guy when it comes to his filmography because the Mad Max movies specifically, are the films that kind of not only put him on the map, but are the things that have been most consistent with him. Like where that Sam Raimi comparison drops is that Sam Raimi, you know, the evil dead movies got him through the door and he made evil dead two and evil dead three, which is army of darkness. And then, you know, did dark man and things like that. But he kind of became more of a studio filmmaker after that, where Miller, you know, yeah, he was producing Babe. He was making things like Lorenzo's Oil and um, uh, The Witches of Eastwick, which was in 87. So that was like right after Road Warrior was successful and, and Beyond Thunderdome. So he kind of went on to do that. But Miller Miller has always had that through line of, of, of Mad Max. Like he's never left it behind, mm -hmm. you know, and he keeps coming back to it. Now with, with Furioso, which is supposed to go into production sometime this year, right? this year yeah. um, it kind of feels like, again, like I'm excited for it because it's Miller coming back and Anya Taylor-Joy is going to be the lead, you know, speaking again of like, even just like thinking about the Northman and how weird that movie is. Um, but I'm also like, I don't know if we need a Furiosa movie because I kind of like, yeah. but, but we again, got her story, right? Like we know what, okay. We're going to know how she loses her arm. We're going to know how she's taken from the green place or whatever. Yeah. And like, we're going to know the backstory of all the women there. But unless and, he's not doing like that, that story, like, unless he's doing something maybe. that's a, like after that, even like that's something like, like during the years of when she's over, like with a Morton Joe like, yeah. at the Citadel. But like, because uh, I feel I, like Miller wouldn't do it unless he had something interesting to, totally, to do. But like, how do you talk? Like now there's the expectation too of Fury Road, like, you know, maybe. Which is also really called Furiosa, uh, right? Like yeah. Mad Max Fury Road is Furiosa. Yeah. yeah, totally. And now you're just getting Furiosa, right? And then um, is someone playing Mad Max in the movie too? I don't know. I oh, know I that. Thought, I, like... I know. Again, Yaya Abdul Mateen II was supposed to be in it, but he fell out because of scheduling issues. And then Chris Hemsworth right is co-starring in it, in and, it, and right? tom burke as well who's probably best known for mank now uh playing orson wells but he was in the souvenir uh the first half um joanna hogg's uh movie so um yeah it'll be interesting to see what 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 comes of that but again like i think what just interests me on on a level is that miller 
wants to continue to do this and he must have something up his sleeve in order to want to continue on even in yeah. the director's chair like this is something like he could just be like oh i can just produce this now sure and, and, give it to someone else and yeah. see their take on it so like the here's the quote uh this was in 2015 though so right after the release of fury road uh, asking if furiosa would be in a sequel and it says, I'm not sure is the answer. She's not in the Mad Max sequel story. So he must have had an idea for a sequel of Fury Road. And then he said, uh, but in one of the stories, there's an interaction between Max and Furiosa. I can't really say more than that because it's still in progress. That was in 2015. Right. So is Chris Hemsworth playing Mad Max? And then that would be weird to me if they had an interaction before fury road right but, but again you know. you look at the mad max movies they're not necessarily yeah. sequels right like they're not like you could look sure. at them as remakes almost like each film is almost like miller is trying to make the best version and His own look at diverse you know? yeah but it's but a... look but look at like what he did the last time around and say like okay this is what worked this is what didn't this is how i'm going to make the even the, the better version of this the more souped up edition of this sure and and what and i it also doesn't need to connect like continuity sometimes is bullshit right like you get exactly. too bogged down you get too bogged down in continuity and then i think now especially today when you know we have all these shared universes and sequels and franchise filmmaking and everything needs to connect and make sense and like you know i think people give the x-men movies shit because they kind of went fuck continuity we'll just do what we want and then like and then i think some people don't like that but then you know and then it gives you the freedom with stuff like this where it's just like who cares (laughs) just like tell a good story exactly and like it's like the, the audio commentary for Evil Dead 2 is the perfect example of that because Sam Raimi talked about like, oh, someone asked him if Evil Dead 2 was a sequel or if it was a remake. And and Raimi said he was leaning more towards it being a remake because there's no way that Ash would be that stupid to go back to the cabin yeah. in the woods. So it's almost yeah. like he You got to remember their movies, right? Exactly. And like you got to give them an excuse to go. But do you? It's just like, no, it's just who fucking cares? I needed him to go back. Like it yeah. doesn't matter. Or I'm remaking the movie yeah. that I wanted to make originally, but I didn't but now have, I have the resources or, yeah. for. And now I can do it better. And I know that people... People will want to see this because the first film was kind of like, you know, a, a, a calling card movie for, mm-hmm. for and it's the same thing with the Terminator as well. Like, even though Terminator 2 is a genuine sequel, there's a lot of stuff in there that is kind of building on what was already kind of initially I think hinted the best at. sequels. I, I think either one, like, obviously I do like continuations and continuity and, and stuff like that. I do agree on the other side, though, of just going, depending on what it is, like, throw that shit out the window and just tell a good story. And um, it doesn't, if it's not meant to be this big shared universe or big long form storytelling, and they're just supposed to be individual chapters. It's like, all right, who cares? Just like, yeah, do something cool. And whether it's connected or it's not, or even if it is connected, but doesn't make complete sense is like, you got to see if the movie is trying to make it make sense or not. Like if it's retconning versus just doing what it, wants like i think those are two different things and yeah do you um, really want spider-man 3 or do you want something that it's like okay like at least with batman and batman returns yeah you know you have 
with those first two movies, Michael uh, Keaton and Michael Goth returning, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it is a direct sequel. It, like the way that mm-hmm. Tim Burton even talked about that. It's, it's more like another chapter or another, another story. Batman story, yeah. right? Sure. It's some of the same actors and you could, but th- those movies are still even 89 and, and returns are still totally different from the production style and the way that Penguin and Catwoman are portrayed versus Joker in that first movie. And then even forever in Batman and Robin are technically <laughs> when you have some of the same actors coming back for that or like you could say are all part of the same you know universe, but then they're all so different. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, just because Michael Goth like, and Pat Hengel are in all yeah. four of those movies, it doesn't necessarily mean that like you know, they're the James Bond movies. There you go. Go to that. Like those, that's a perfect example. And yes, maybe the, the Daniel Craig ones have all told a continuing story, but like, if you look at all the other Bond movies, just continuity was same. never its thing, you know. No, like sure, and and when it wanted to be its thing, it would be like they'd bring back an actor and be like, have a history with Bond, but then that history with Bond can change based on whatever the fuck they want to do because it's just all individual stories. And like, I like that Bond with the Craig era took a more kind of serialized approach, but that doesn't mean the next one has to either, right? Like, yeah, you could even bring elements of the Craig version and have it be continuity in this version and it'd be fucking who cares like i think that's what's great about the bond movies is like yeah you can have m or or q be the same actor but it and then you still kind of have that history from those other movies but they don't quite explain like you know how that makes sense because it doesn't matter if it makes sense like if if you know judy dench wants to reference something from the Pierce Brosnan Bond movies in the Craig ones. It's like, you, you don't even fucking question it. Like who cares? Right. <laughs> like, so it's just, I, or I like even that if you want to cast too. like, like Charles Gray playing, you know, a, a version of Blofeld and diamonds are forever. And then before that he played uh, another double O agent in uh, mm-hmm. you only uh, die twice, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, like, you Even know, Marvel's it, doing that to an extent, right? Yeah, like it, happens. Things, it, but, it, it happens. It yeah. happens. Although Marvel, though, I do Marvel, feel like yeah. it, it's almost like, okay, there are so many actors out there. It's like you don't need to necessarily cast the same person. Cast the same person who was in a movie two movies ago. Yeah, because you're because you're going to confuse people when it's not even a part of like the multiverse. Like I get it with like if you're doing it for a, like like a, a, a direct reason where it's like, oh, okay, like this person is an alt version of that same person, but now they're this or whatever. Yeah, right? but then when yeah. you have someone like you know ryan reynolds or uh, chris evans or michael b jordan even though like i think you know two of those guys kind of like it it made perfect sense for them to play the parts that they would uh afterwards because the first time around in in both of their cases for fantastic four uh didn't work out for them and and it's and like i think like killmonger is is an, an amazing performance from from michael b jordan i think obviously like chris evans was perfect for the part of captain america America, but at the same time it does kind of get confusing where like you have especially now if those are going to be continuity (laughs) yeah and and, like even when you have actors dr strange coming up like someone like michelle yo who is in both shang chi and And guardians of the galaxy volume two right with which was going to be like a separate spin-off kind of thing right which it doesn't look like they're going to do anymore but i also wouldn't put it past james gunn for having them show up in guardians 3 right like so it's i mean even um what's her name from eternals Gemma chan was in captain marvel right so or even mahershaw ali right like in in luke cage mm -hmm. and now he's gonna be blade you know and so you know it happens and and you know at least they go the tricky thing with the mcu is what you just said is like 
they're so bogged down now in explaining everything of being continuity, whether it's an alt version of someone, a variant, they've even come up with terms of these things. So when you start explaining that to your audience of going, well, this is a variant version of this or, or that is like, that's when you have people start questioning going, oh, well, if they were them and now they're playing this character, shouldn't you explain that? If I were you and you were me, then I'd be you. And then they pick and choose. And then I got to go, you know what? It goes back to my original point of who cares? (laughs) It's like, as long as it doesn't really like, if they're trying so hard to make everything make sense and it is part of an important storyline or something and they're fucking that up, that is important. But like, or important when it comes to movies, not actually important, but like, um, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting with Dr. Strange in a couple weeks. Right. Because like, I have no idea. Well, even with Thor love and thunder, like I I have this sneaking suspicion why we haven't really seen any footage. I have this weird feeling. We're getting a trailer tomorrow. We're going to post this and then probably I was going to say like, if it doesn't show up until like the beginning of May, I was thinking like, maybe it has something to do with moon Knight because moon Knight Mm. being a godlike character, like, I was wondering like, Score oh, the God butcher, like Christian Bale show up or something. Yeah. Or, or not, not, not that even, but like <laughs> maybe there is some, some like maybe Oscar Isaac is going to be in Thor in some capacity and they're kind of trying to hide that. I like that idea of bringing in different mythologies and different gods from different, you know, you know, Norse mythology, Egyptian mythology and kind of stuff like that. And God of War, the video game did that too, because he started off in Greek mythology and then kind of in the new god of war games he got put into he is the greek god of war but he was fighting with a lot of norse gods in the new game so i like that kind of idea of taking like similar you know you have the god of war but they're from different kind of cultures and like intertwining all those gods and having that whole you know mythical part of um or you know that is partly in space but also is mythical and like i don't know i think that could be cool like mixing those worlds and then if you have a character called gore the god butcher right like i think there could be some interesting stuff um there well especially if they're bringing in moon knight now and and you know we talked about it in our review like part of the story is setting up you know, we, we had it even with Eternals, obviously, as well, right? Where, like, you know, these godlike sentient figures are coming in and sort of harvesting Earth or, or prepping Earth to be harvested. And then with Moon Knight, you have the other angle of, you know, these other gods being introduced and sort of their council specifically. And it's like, okay, well, Thor is obviously also within that realm. So it does feel like this is going to be a part of that continuity so what are they mm-hmm. what are they leading up to and the way that they scheduled moon Knight for this time of year because like a lot of people didn't know when it was going to come out so mm-hmm. and then the four episodes we got lead right into dr strange right yeah. like so that's another thing i don't know man like it's um I can't believe we're so close to Doctor Strange. I grabbed tickets for opening night uh, in IMAX here in Scotiabank. Um, We will probably be going to a screening and reviewing it, but who knows yet. But um, we're very, very close, and I don't know what the hell to expect. Like, we know the Patrick Stewart thing, but... And when it comes with the Thor trailer, there's that rumor because you you saw they were doing press for the movie, long lead press, uh, Taika Waititi, Chris Hemsworth, and Tessa Thompson. Um... And people were, you know, people read into every Marvel thing. Um, 
the way that they were holding there. Did you see this? The way that they were all doing different hand signals um, kind of led to what people believe is uh, April 11th, 2022, as Nevis is destroying something behind me. It's fine. Sorry, we we already had dogs um, barking for like twenty yeah, minutes. Yeah, Eric had his dogs barking for a long ass time, so it's all it's all good. We're very professional. Nevis gives a wave, everyone, for audio listeners. Um, there's that rumor because we'll I wake think, up tomorrow in the in the trailer. Oh, it will. Drop. I get. I have no doubt that this is going to post nine a.m. on Monday, April the eleventh, and then at nine oh one or at ten AM we're gonna get a Thor Love and Thunder trailer and this will just could be completely ruined. But then maybe we'll jump on and do a reaction or something like right. that. But like if that happens. Because yeah the rumor I'm talking about is in the photo they're all doing hand signals and uh someone's doing two peace signs which would be twenty two. Someone's doing uh two one fingers for eleven and then uh someone's doing um something to make it look like a four or whatever. So then in Europe you usually do the date 11 4 22, right? They do it the opposite way. So people think that the trailer might drop tomorrow right. because of that. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I hope we get it soon. I hope it's not delayed like some people think, but like I think they would have come out and said that by now. But yeah, because um, what? Thor's supposed to come out in July, right? Yeah. And this is the shortest period of time between a trailer and a movie. And, you know, Spider Man. There's got to be something um, in it that is like they're maybe they're it's a, they're waiting until after Doctor Strange. I don't know. Like, yeah. it, does that do something? But I can't see. But even Moon Knight, like it feels yeah. like almost like because like if you look at like, but we've seen those four. We know I know I, that, but that's press. Anything, but like but... when it comes to those last two episodes, like what are mm-hmm. they going to be and what's that going to lead into? Is that just going to be something setting up, you know, Midnight Suns, or is it just going to continue to mm-hmm. kind of build the the darker aspects of the Marvel universe, or is there something there? Or, you know, because again, because a god character is a main focus of that thing. And like you'd think Gore, the god butcher, would go after some Egyptian gods as well. Yeah. Or anybody that's on Earth, right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe he's going from like planet to planet or, you know, universe to universe. I forget Uh, the Guardians are all in the next Thor movie too. Are they all in it or is only a few of them? We'll have to see. I don't know. Gamora's not in it, I don't think. Yeah. Um, and I think it's Peter Groot Drax, maybe? I think Drax is in it. And Rocket. I think everyone but Gamora. Is Nebula a part of that? Oh, group? maybe Nebula's not in it either. But no, she is, I think. I think I saw her on set or whatever or through photos. Anyways, I, I want that Thor trailer so bad because like Thor uh Ragnarok is awesome. I just also find it really funny that we've had a multiverse movie come out already with everything everywhere all at once. And now we're getting this weird Norse God movie coming out at the end of <laughs> April with the Northmen. And it's almost yeah. like these like smaller companies are trolling Marvel. Or it's not bit. even trolling. Maybe it's like, Oh, you know, it's done well there. Why don't we do weird like art, art house, house versions, versions yeah. <laughs> of, of those Marvel things is like, that doesn't surprise me at all. Like, I think that's really funny. Um, Eric, have you watched anything else in the last little while or what? Yeah, I mean, I've done uh, – it's been more new stuff just because of of press screenings. And I'll talk a little bit about um, Fantastic Beasts, uh, The Secret of Dumbledore, which is a complete snooze fest. I've never oh, seen – no embargo or anything? Well, no, no, the, the embargo lift. The reviews are already up. I'm going to – we'll review it, I think. Yeah. Because, like, I've, I've, I've watched them all. I'm like, you might I, as well I, commit. I might as well commit. I, I, I'll just say this then. 
This is a movie that literally nothing happens over the course the last of one was two that hours. <laughs> and like it doesn't feel that there's any motivation to, you know, propelling the story moving forward. Like it just mm-hmm. literally sits there and rots for two hours. And it's not even mm-hmm. necessarily a bad movie, it's just boring. And it's boring to the point where you wish you could have your memory um, wiped from the experience. Uh, Cause it's just like, there's nothing there. Like I literally saw the film and, and I wrote down everything like, and, and on my Immediately, phone. And, Cause you knew, <laughs> cause I knew that it would literally like afterwards it would just disappear. And it has for the most part. Like, it's just one of those movies where it's like, I, that's it, what the first two movies are for me too. Like, I remember well, you already said one. it. They're placeholders. They're placeholders yeah, to keep people Cursed interested Child, in yeah. the wizarding world in general until they can get everybody back for that Harry Potter sequel. Which will probably happen after they do these five movies because that will be, you know, almost two decades probably yeah. since. And like, there's still two mm-hmm. more of these fantastic beast movies to go because the proposal was five originally and so like there's one like i think four or five is supposed to take place in japan and it's just like <sighs> there's such a cool nugget of an idea and i know we've talked about this i think on the other two reviews of those movies of like you know exploring different you know uh countries and different cultures in the wizarding world right, right? like but i don't i don't but think but newt scamander like, is such is a just, thinly developed character yeah. and eddie redmayne has all the charisma of a newt and it's just like you're watching <laughs> it and you're just like god this guy he's terrible how did he yeah. beat michael keaton for best actor <laughs> at the yeah it's those two movies the second one i remember being truly like really excruciatingly like not enjoyable to watch and the first one i remember just being like it's bland it's like again it's it's vanilla placeholder stuff like it it did nothing for me but it was fine Um, even with mads mickelson who like there's there's this moment obviously an improvement or huge improvement and and there's a moment at the beginning between mads mickelson and jude law and they never explain the transformation thing again but um is it like he's just he doesn't transform no just, no no, he no. Looks... he's just mads mickelson at this yeah, point so he's there's, there's it's no the same character that. there's no like hey i changed my look no <laughs> like... no no grindelwald is still grindelwald yeah, but um okay. but there is a moment there at the beginning where it's like this like tragic love story and and like between law and and yeah. mickelson's characters and it's like i would just rather see these two actors in like yeah. a, a, a a toxic relationship drama than yeah. having to watch we're two wizards like that you know we're in love that ha- like hate each other now yeah like we're not even wizards just cool... just two guys regular no, still people. wizards i, want, I still okay, want them to sure. be wizards <laughs> fine but but <laughs> even make if they a dark wizard, harry wizard. potter drama about them being like i get it it's just you add in all the newt's commander stuff and that whole group in in like the uh, i was gonna say josh gad it's not josh gad it's uh, what's his name from dan balls Fogelberg. Of fury <laughs> fogelman yeah fogelman yeah uh yeah uh from balls of fury and like um that whole that whole cast it's just has not worked. like they <laughs> they should have just transitioned into like and you can tell they're trying to get more into the harry potter world so that's why dumbledore story is the forefront and stuff like that but then just get rid of the other cast like stop calling it fantastic beast just call it something whatever else and just, just call loose, it the wizarding like, world and yeah and, and be like Secrets Secrets of dumbledore, dumbledore and then know? don't have all this other garbage but i haven't seen it yet i don't know but uh i'm gonna 
Catherine yeah, Watterson was like, the smartest person in this, and the one person to stand or? up to uh, J.K. Rowling in it, her did she, bullshit. She's not in it. She or? she is, but you can tell sure. that the role, like where what she's how the character is used and what she's doing in the movie, you can tell it's like give me the absolute minimum because I do sure. not want to be working with a filmmaker who is so fucking hateful. You yeah, know? and 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 that's also a contradiction as well. And I'll talk about this in in the review. It's like you have two gay characters, yeah, kind of like you know when they talk about you know their relationship growing up and having to hide it. It's like oh, this is weirdly progressive, but then at the same time you're a hypocrite because you hate mm-hmm. trans people. So it's like, mm-hmm. and you have a character who literally transforms their <laughs> physical appearance. It's just like, yeah, she's she's fucking insane. She's but, trash. Um... Um, I will go see it because the Wizarding World, like again, I I get all the people who say you know screw her, I'm not supporting this franchise anymore. But I feel like you know I think those movies are special to a lot of people, and that universe is special. And you know, I'm not always that separate the art from the artist person. I wish she would just step away and sell it off to warner brothers or whoever and just like kind of like what lucas did and lucas did nothing wrong he just was done with star wars and he stepped away and gave it to someone well, else and like lucas um, <laughs> well i sure he didn't do he anything, ran that baby into the he didn't ground. do anything inappropriate no 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 yes, that. yes, that's yes. what i mean like yeah. he he you know whatever you want to say about the prequels and things like that but he eventually realized okay this isn't let's give it to someone else. Oh, and like, I got this idea uh, for Jar Jar Binks. It's, it's oh. so interesting that they've just stood their ground and go, no, she's still going to write the scripts. She's still going to be involved. Kind of well, and having like, David Yates um, direct all these movies too. Like at yeah. some point it's like, like, I know he did the Tarzan film with Alexander Skarsgård, but like, it's like, are are you sad like creatively satisfied with just do, like the way that Michael Bay is doing you, all these Transformer films? It just feel and like he a did paycheck. so well in the the last couple Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Like I think he crushed those, but it's just now I I agree with you that just feels like you're going through the motions, right? And like it literally like there's got to be something you could have done an HBO Max show at a different school or something like that. Like that's what people actually want from this franchise. Or like they don't necessarily. I don't know. I think these movies do moderately okay, right? But um, I don't know. I, I well, it's because really... of the name, right? Like that's why yeah. they do so well, or they're able and to make enough can... money to continue them. But there's always an excuse to go back to Hogwarts. There's always an excuse. Like to, they're starting to lean more towards what people enjoyed about the Harry Potter movies, and, and this one um, does a lot of that. Like yeah, part of it, that, part yeah. of it is like, like that's the other thing that I think kind of took me out of it because it does it. So so bluntly and it doesn't do it that well or, or in, an inter- in an interesting way is that it makes the Griswold character kind of um, Griswold, Griswold, <laughs> Clark Griswold, um, the, the Mads Mikkelsen, the wizard, the Mads uh, Mikkelsen character, yeah. like a Hitler Trump type where like sure. he's becoming more powerful. And yeah, he's a wizard followers. Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. And even he even, even is like in, a... it's set in part of the story set in Berlin. So it's like, come on, really, he's really on the nose. Yeah. yeah. Uh We'll see. We'll review it. I'll go see it. Um, and Chevy Chase shows up. <laughs> no, imagine. <laughs> no, no. Um, I've been really slacking on just watching shit this year. Like, if I, I'm looking at my letterbox stats this well, year. Well, you did watch like, some of Halo, which I know you didn't I watch did. the whole thing. But did like, you watch any of it? Or I much haven't. Of it? No. Yeah, I know. We got like, I yeah, we got to. But like, we got an email. I just, <laughs> I know. But I haven't I watched like, any of it. Like, that's the I, thing. I know. So. I only watched half of the first episode. So 
um i gotta figure out how to respond to that but like um i uh yeah it just did nothing for me it was just really i watched half of the first episode of halo and i was like it's just i don't even think like there's anything necessarily wrong with it it was just one of those things where i'm like i might get around to this i just it's not working for me right now and um I hadn't watched much of that. I have been watching more TV. I want to start Severance. We started the first episode of Severance, and I've heard nothing but fantastic things about that show. And um, I was really intrigued by the opening 20 minutes, and then Nevis immediately fell asleep. But that was because it was really late, not that she wasn't interested. Um, so we shut it off, and we're like, we'll watch this when we're more lucid. Because um, I don't think it was a show that we should have started at, like, 11 p.m. at night um so i want to watch severance but like from my actual movie watching like i've only really been watching things that we had to review and or we're going to review like i haven't been going back and watching much older stuff or catching up with a franchise or something like that so like i did watch oh we forgot to plug we also have a review for unbearable weight of massive talent which you guys can check out but i think is that opening this week or is it next week next week so it it will be out in a little while, but we have seen that, which I there's no embargo because it played South by Southwest. But um, we enjoyed that, but we'll have a review out for that um, soon. I watched shout the out short, to Croatia. <laughs> yeah, um, I watched the short Marcel the Shell with shoes on because that trailer dropped. Yeah, um, so I watched the original uh, short film that it was based off of, and I know he's done three three or four of those uh, uh i only watched the first one thought it was very cute and um i remember daniel kwan tweeting out uh being like it's um what was it like uh, cuddle core or something like that just like really pleasant <laughs> like really just pleasant that guy just keeps like, on giving uh really pleasant like just genuinely nice um a genuinely nice movie so i'm kind of excited to that for that that looked really cute but um i like the short well, it also but, is funny um, because uh, Jenny Slate is the voice of Marcel, and she was in, she's in yeah. um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And, and then she I, also wrote those and wrote the movie, too. Yeah, and I remember watching those like right around the time that Obvious Child was coming out, but it's been a while since I've seen them, so I'll probably revisit them before the movie. I haven't watched the trailer, actually. I didn't. I was just like, oh, I was kind of okay. like, you know what? I'll just wait for this one and, and, and see it, you know, fresh in the theater, so um i thought it looked cute i'm excited for it um and other than that dude i haven't really been watching much i don't know why we've been so busy i've been so busy with work i feel like too where you've been feuding um, yeah with the uh, family where you know my nights will either podcast which takes up a lot of the time or i'll go see something and then like or i'll i've been playing a little bit of wwe 2k 22 so i posted some stuff i made you and i in that game and became a tag team (laughs) so uh, i had the untitled movie podcast logo and tried to make us look relatively as close as i possibly could probably in much better shape and better looking but um yep Let's pay that's, that's been fun. And other than that, you know, just been chilling. So like, um, there's some TV I want to catch up on. I still want to watch devs before men comes out. Uh, severance, like I said, looks awesome. Better call Saul comes back in next week. So I, we won't be reviewing that cause Eric, um, doesn't watch it, but I'll probably be watching it week to week. So I'll bring it up on, on this show because I, um, I think better call Saul might be even, 
I don't know if it's sacrilege to say this, but just as good as Breaking Bad, if not better. And um, I'm excited to see the final season of that. Barry comes back soon too. Oh yeah, I'm excited about um, that. So that's been what two years since yeah Barry season two. So uh, I'm almost need to a recap or rewatch the series. I know Nevis hasn't seen those first two seasons, so maybe I'll I'll watch those with her or something like that. But um, I know I'm talking about stuff I want to watch because I just haven't been watching much, and I have all this stuff on my backlog and like kind of funny started their Jurassic Park in review. Um, so I kind of want to make that journey with them. I always an excuse to watch the first Jurassic Park movie. So like, I want to throw that on and watch the 4k set that I got. Um, I mean, that is a perfect film. If we're going to talk about like perfect movies that are just really so is. rewatchable, but I also laughed when I saw Colin Trevorrow posting that his, this new dinosaur is like <laughs> the Joker. The, I wanted to throw my computer at the wall. <laughs> like, I was like, Oh my God, uh, come on. I'm like, Colin, no dude. Like just, I, I get it. It would have been amazing like, if it's, it's, like, yeah, it's a, a lot corny. like Henry from the book of Henry. It's so corny. I'm like, dude, like it's just so lame where this dinosaur um, just wants to watch the world burn. That's what he said. And I was like, oh no. I'm like, dinosaurs don't think they just, see. This is like, why you don't say that a trailer is going to make a great movie. Like you, you wait until you watch the movie yeah, because then yeah. you hear stupid shit like this. Sorry, Colin Trevor. It just drives me it's nuts really, when people do that. I, and I'm still excited for the movie don't get me wrong like i sure. you know i'm i'm cautiously optimistic i don't know why but i am i don't want to have my um, heart broken but i know it's going to I, yeah and but a quote like that i'm like oh boy <laughs> like all right cool 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 but i'm gonna rewatch the jurassic park movie so i'll whether we do like a little uh, retro and the book of henry are you gonna uh, watch that too no i will not i will not do that um not a trevorrow in review we saw just, that together uh, right Oh, we did. And we, okay, because yeah, it was yeah. it was good seeing it with you. Because... I think we were like the only people in the theater, weren't we? Like me. No, and I think you there was were, uh, no, it was at Varsity, and there was a couple other people. Oh, right. But I wonder if Mike Muntz, our friend, saw that with us as well. But I, I remember watching that, and I was I was glad that I saw that with you because I think you need to see a movie like that with yeah. somebody else to realize oh, that this is real. <laughs> um, but I'm going to. I'm weirdly excited to rewatch at least the first two Jurassic Park movies, and then I'm curious fallen kingdom is as oh, bad gosh. as i remember because it is awful it is <laughs> from what... so bad it like there so... are people that like it that i respect and i'm just like yeah i'm excited can... for the kind of funny guys to get there too because a couple of them andy and tim haven't didn't even see it and so i'm like i'm excited to, for their thoughts and doing a, sh- a podcast on it for the first time i think i would be more excited for this final movie if chris pratt and bryce dallas howard weren't in it yeah, I think I'd be more excited even if Bryce Dallas Howard directed this the mm-hmm. third film instead. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, like I think like as much as I like the legacy characters of you know of Laura Dern and and uh, Sam Neill and, and Jeff Goldblum coming back in those roles, I there's there's something about that. Like even watching the trailer um, it, on the IMAX screen, like I was thinking like oh. okay, like. Yeah, like I I I get it. Like it's it's playing up that fact that like you know that original movie is special and it's one of a kind and those performances are all great and 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 memorable but perfect movie really yeah it is like jaws and jurassic park like for me like i mean spielberg's done so many other great films but like those two movies like you can just hold those up and be like yeah this guy like did this twice you know with the blockbuster and reinvented 
um, you know, blockbuster filmmaking. Um, but I'm just like, there's just something about it where I, I know you didn't hate the first Jurassic world and we're a little bit kinder, but like, even with that film, it's just like, okay, that really coasted on nostalgia and did totally. everything like, like if this it's a were, remake of the first, movie, yeah, if, if, like... if this, if this third one did that for the first time, I'd be like, okay, I, I'll, I'll give it that because it's the, the final movie, whatever. But it's already played that card. So it's like, well, you got to yeah. do something more now. Well, I like the idea of taking the concept that people were so jazzed about in Lost World of a dinosaur being on the mainland, right? And like, it should be um, all in San Diego. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and I love that idea of maybe the Planet of the Apes style. Yeah, maybe the dinosaurs don't talk other than Alan. <laughs> in Jurassic that would Park be amazing if they um, all just said that everywhere. Yeah. Like that's how they communicated um, to everyone. That moment in Jurassic Park 3, great. The only good moment in that movie. Um, actually, that movie's not awful. It's just kind of whatever. Um, it's not very good, but no, the Alan not, bit is but, hilarious. Um, I like the idea of just like, okay sort of a you know a dystopian kind of yeah flintstones kind of thing of like dinosaurs are wild animals now and we got to deal with that like that the way that they got there completely the worst dumbest the and i think that character's in ever. it too as well the, the well you'd the have to you built it up so much in the last I one like i hope she gets so eaten much. by a I dinosaur do, do but too. like um like and i like I the through line of B- yeah Jesus. i like i i like the through line of bd wong like i i like certain things it's just the way that they got here is just like it, it's so painful and um well, also the exposition I, is going to be obnoxious in this as well, because, you know, you're going to have to explain like how they've adapted to cold weather and things like that. And it's just like, ugh. I don't care about that. I just like, um, and then again, I don't need, Chris I like the Pratt idea of this. No, so. I, they, I wish they would have just kind of been like, yeah, he's gone. Here's the original cast. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, have him get eaten at the beginning. Um, that would no, be great. Blue, no. <laughs> uh okay one thing i do want to talk about i gotta grab it one sec um all right matt is leaving just for a second stretching over there he's got something oh i I know what he's doing he's um, promoting something that he got that has french on the title review 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 i mean you're still Um, promoting it though too because it is i mean all reviews are promotion (laughs) technically that is true um we're just part of that fucking marketing machine man anyways uh spider-man no way home comes out on uh the blu-ray and the 4k um (laughs) on april the 12th which is tuesday uh you guys can pick it up i did get a copy on 4k the uh, canadian copy a a canadian copy from our friends at sony uh you guys can see if you're watching the video the wonderful french title that completely ruins a um I, I think our biggest criticism on every uh, 4K or Blu-ray review we do is the French title. If anyone's listening at Sony or anywhere else, it, there's got to be a better way, guys. Like, I know not many people care, but this guy, Eric, cares a lot. I have I, spent so much fucking money on extra money the American Where if, if you just had no French, you could have just or saved so much France money. In like That's what, put a little... sticker on it. A sticker is a sticker that much to ask everyone is like a little sticker or something uh, that just says there's a French version on here. I think people will understand 
what movie it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm not trying to say or make a completely French cover. So the, if you're French and you want a French cover, you have a nice French title and it's not a double title. Like I know that's a ton more money um, probably to print off two different versions and sticker, you might not is it, sell though? the <laughs> – I know. Or even if it's a sticker of the full title, you know, like if this part, which was Spider-Man sans retour, um, uh, <laughs> it was a sticker that I could peel off uh, would be amazing. Um, that being said, um, you guys know how much I loved this movie. Eric also loved it. Um, there's a ton of they've been teasing all the special features and stuff with like uh you know, all three Spider-Men getting back together, uh, listing off the Easter eggs that are in the movie, um, uh, bloopers and gag reels, all the kind of stuff you'd expect on a um, for a huge movie like this. And it's all a lot of fun, like and it sounds and looks fantastic. I threw it on the other day to kind of look at quality stuff and compare it to the digital um, version that I have as well. And um, there's just nothing beats a, a, like a physical 4k, you know, Blu-ray, right? Like I, I, I've Nobody switched mostly beats to, a deal from peel. I, I, I have switched mostly to digital and I think like 4k Apple, Apple's 4k streaming in Dolby Atmos and Dolby vision is quite good. But um, especially from a sound standpoint, I feel like they haven't nailed like from a visual standpoint, I'd say you'd be hard pressed to put these side by side and say which one's digital and which one's physical, although the bit rate is way better on uh, a Blu-ray. Um, but the sound, like the Atmos sound just is is so much better from a disc. Like they still haven't nailed getting really great quality sound on digital versions. Although like a lot of the times I'm wearing my uh, headphones or something like that and it still sounds pretty good but well even on um, theatrical releases like i, I found mm -hmm. like one of the biggest problems i had with ambulance is that i was struggling to hear the dialogue over the sound mixing like it was so bombastic and those are the theaters in yeah. general their mixing is bad or the way that they have their speakers optimized or bad that's what i said about sonic the hedgehog but um anyways if you loved this movie you should um absolutely pick this up i mean the one thing i will say is like I wish there was a little bit more pomp and circumstance around it, like making it a bigger deal. Cause I think it is, you know, one of the biggest movies of all time, but um, I'm sure there'll be some crazy box set that eventually comes out or something like that. But I also have, I purchased a copy too, cause I'm that guy. Cause I wanted the best buy steel book of it, um, which go sell out so fast. Um, so I have that coming on uh Tuesday as well. So maybe I'll give this one away. We'll see. Um, I'm just waiting for, uh, you know, when they put Morbius and the Venom movies into a box set with those. Sony would do that. They would. Um, <laughs> you know they will. They they do have a trilogy, but like you, you Eric, have you seen what this trilogy box looks like? No, I haven't. Uh, it uh, it's just, it is it is horrible, and I don't. I I'm like it's. It, there's no way that's the real box art because it's one of those ones that just says like triple movie pack and has like. Um, oh. and has it like split down like this and has like just the box art for like the, it's not like even a nice package for the three of them. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Um, but it is a good 4k and I'm like, you don't come here for like big technical. If you want like a technical breakdown, go to digital bits or blu-ray.com or, yeah, um, those, one of those, those websites, those websites they'll tell you, doing, yeah. they, they will tell you the exact details about you know the quality and, and what to expect but i will give you the most basic if you love this movie the special features are a lot of fun 
and it looks and sounds incredible on 4k which is like to be expected uh, and also just knowing that it's coming out on april the 12th right like i think that that's important now where like i think the blu-ray physical media 4k releases are coming out a lot quicker than they used to especially with like the Disney stuff I find like specifically like they don't even announce it that much anymore. Like even turning red, which they did do an announcement this last week coming out in May. It, it feels like, oh, oh, this movie just literally came to streaming. What? Like at the end, like the beginning yeah. of March, Well, especially with streaming stuff. There's no reason to hold it for months. Right. Yeah. Like, um, Spider-Man did wait the whole four months. Right. Or like just under, you know, yeah, just under four months. But um that to me feels like the normal window right is usually around what four or five months or something like that from a movie but now you're getting a little lesser and lesser like batman the batman should be on hbo max i think in a couple weeks and we already talked about ambulance only having a 17 day theatrical window so um it's been on digital for about a month or so and now it's finally coming on physical but um i am in that mode where i'm like i try to collect my favorite movies on physical still and then buy everything else digitally but um anyways spider-man no way home you guys can pick it up yep i will be picking that up from the u.s yeah i know i know you will no french on it keep it clean baby um did we miss any trailers the last couple weeks well you mentioned uh marcel the shell with shoes on which you watched um Mm -hmm. i i haven't but uh in terms of like anything else that was like big I'm going to look it up. As you guys can tell, Eric and I prep very thoroughly for this show, meaning we go, hey, what are you doing? And he goes, I don't know. It's Sunday morning. I'm not really doing much. And I go, should we record? And then he goes, yeah, why not? And then I go, all right, let's do it. Let's get it done. And that's about... But why I love this show, Eric, it's just me and you, two bros, two best bros, just hanging out, chatting movies. We figure it out as we go. That's the appeal of this show. That's what the people listen and, and the 30 people watch for. 30? Um, where, did that, where did that extra 15 come from? Uh, what the hell am I looking for? Movie, clip, trailers. Let's see what's come out. There it is. There it is. What, what site are you using as your source? I usually go to Movie Clips trailers on YouTube because they have a nice chronological order and they post every trailer that drops, usually only for the theatrical and streaming movies. If I want, if we want to talk about TV or something like that, we kind of have to uh, go to other places. But you're all about the chronic trailers lately. I, I uh, have been avoiding. Um, I'm trying to, I wish I was one of those people like our friend Mike Munz or I know Norm Wilner does this too, where um, you just avoid trailers and you just try to watch the movies like completely like I haven't watched. But what happens if you go to the theater? Like, do you just Mike literally turns away and like, and I see him do it when you you see movies. You can still hear it though, right? I know, but like, you're not, I think that's, that removes yourself from it i think at least enough like you're not going to retain any of that if you don't watch the images with the sound i don't think so i i wish i could do that but i'm a sucker for movie trailers but what i will say is i don't usually watch the closer we get like there was a new top gun trailer and i was like i have no reason to watch this trailer and if i go to the movies and it's playing then sure i'm not gonna turn away necessarily although sometimes i do um, cause I know Gene Siskel would do that where like he would literally like stand, stand outside the theater that he was 
oh he the movie and yeah and until, he would refuse yeah he would wait until the coming attractions were over and then he would go in that's awesome i want to get to that point but i know on this show and other things and you know when a new marvel trailer comes out reactions and different things like that but like I wish I had, I wish I had the willpower to not watch them. Like, uh, I'm just like, I'm so, I do like, I think it's an art in itself, right? Like, I know it's marketing. It's all BS, but like, um, I think there is an art to a good movie trailer and I do like it. And I think the best ones are the ones that don't give away the experience in the, in the theater. Right. Um, there was a new Bob's burgers movie trailer. I've never watched Bob's burgers. Um, have you, I've seen a couple episodes and I've liked everything I've yeah. seen. It's just that I haven't like, I'm not like a diehard fan. So yeah. And, uh, I'll, I mean, I might watch this movie and just be introduced to Bob's burgers to, um, like Beavis that, and Butthead do America. I think that will be a really interesting review if neither of us are familiar with Bob's burgers and we just watch and review that movie. So that we I, should get like a Bob's burger fan to come on and like, yeah, I am. I'm trying to think of who maybe Kevin and Rihanna are big, um, bob's burgers fans there's someone that i know that really bring your own them. bob <laughs> um i talked about marcel the shell which i thought was adorable i love that style um and uh, i'm totally in for just a uh, a very pleasant like you know nice little movie like which i hope it is um we got another doctor strange trailer which i avoided uh i don't know if you did i, I didn't um, i haven't seen it no yeah I tried to watch the Minions, uh, the Rise of Gru trailer. <laughs> Why? Um, Why? Because I wanted, I was so. We You're a masochist? Bed, we were in bed last night and I knew we were going to record today. So I was like, I, I went through and um, started watching some trailers and I'm like, I just want to see what this looks like. And when Lose Yourself by Eminem started playing, and I'm like, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do it. And I didn't even make it through the trailer. So we will not be reviewing Minions, The Rise of Gru. I'm sorry. But neither Eric or I watched the last Minions movie. Nope. Which I'm so proud of you for doing. I, usually, You were at a point in your life a, a few years ago, pre-pandemic, yeah. where you watched everything. Like, Yeah, and I still everything. try to watch as much as I can. Like, I mean, if you go to my Letterbox account, like, I'm watching at least two to three hundred films a year um new releases um not in, not excluding or not including the um you know a lot of the 4k uh, restorations or yeah and i usually get else. like up there too where we try to see you see how much movies we how many movies we cover like we cover most new releases if they're big but but minions is just one where it's I like can't. i can't i can't I do can't. it i struggled even with the despicable me movies with the minions and it's like to have it focused on those characters it's just I can't. No. Yeah. Ever. I absolutely agree. And we haven't really, there hasn't been many trailers, dude. Like the last thing was that, uh, I'm looking like that deleted scene from the Batman, which we already talked about. We talked about men. We talked about, well, um, CinemaCon is coming up, right? So you'd think that there'd be some stuff oh, coming up. Oh, you're right. You're right. When is it? Cinemacon. Cause I saw that neon actually is going to be a big presence there that this year. So, Oh, it's April 25th to the 28th. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I would love to go one year. We try. I remember I applied for us. It was the only place once. we were rejected from, I think. Like yeah. All the places. Film festivals to. we get in, but a marketing thing. They're like, nope, you're not good enough. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. Um, I would have just plugged your movies for free, but if you would have let us watch your, your marketing presentation, but um, that should be interesting. You know, if we don't get Thor by then, we're definitely 
I don't know if you Disney's think it, even yeah oh yeah because Disney didn't they they do their own thing now or they bailed on schedule I'm looking who's oh here we got it we're going through CinemaCon schedules there's not very many other trailers uh we had Marcel the Shell new Top Gun we didn't watch Bob's Burgers looked interesting um uh and then you know there hasn't really been much so we're overdue for something but um, watch tomorrow morning five trailers come out I Eric. I would not be surprised at all. I really have this weird feeling that Thor is going to drop tomorrow. I just have this uh, sinking feeling. Um, so Sony is kicking off with the first presentation. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what they'll probably show. Let's let's talk about well, Bullet Cinematron Train stuff. will probably be their yeah. big one for the summer. Um, this is fun. Let's talk about CinemaCon for the next little while, and then we'll wrap the show up. Um, CinemaCon preview is what I'll title this. CinemaCon preview. Um, yeah, so Sony up first. So we're going end of April is when um, this is. So you got to think that what Sony got coming up. You said Bullet Train. Is that their next big thing? It's July. Well, Father Stu is coming out this this week, so <laughs> <laughs> that'll be out beforehand. Yeah, um, we can talk about Morbius' uh, success. <laughs> that that second weekend for Morbius not looking good, dude. It had made like under ten million or something, and it had like a seventy two percent drop or something, which is wild. Um, oh, what am I doing here? Control F, Sony. Let's see. Sony, what do you got? What do you got, Sony? So we got, uh, wow, they really don't have much <laughs> this year. Or it would be Columbia. Well, they Pictures, have Spider-Verse right? as well, right? Or, or um, across the Spider-Verse. Okay, so Columbia I had to search. So we got Where the Crawdads Sing uh, in in July. I keep wanting to call it Where the um, Crawdaddies Sing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you got Bullet Train also in July. The man from Toronto, we're probably going to uh, see something from that or hear something about that, which is funny. Um, then in October, you have Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. So I bet you we maybe get a little bit more from that. You got Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile. <laughs> oh, with Javier uh, Bardem. Yeah. And then you have A Man Called Otto. Uh, which, which is, is Tom Tony Hanks. And the Mark Forrester movie. Yeah. Not, not my uncle. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. So Sony not doesn't have a ton this year, eh? They have Spider-Verse, which I guess is their other big thing. Yeah, so I think um, they're probably going to put a lot of emphasis on Bullet Train as their kind of big, like... Yeah. And it's also an original one. I mean, original in the sense that it's not based on anything else, so... Um, that's super interesting. Neon um, <clears throat> is doing it. And what does Neon have this year? So Neon has, they're, they're doing kind of, th they have three big films that they're going to be focusing on that I saw on uh, some Twitter account. Uh, they have the two Cronenberg films, uh, David and Brendan. So there's going to be a lot of CanCon at CinemaCon hey. uh, with uh, Infinity Pool and uh, Crimes of the Future. And then the third one is supposed to be this um, elevated horror movie called Cuckoo. Interesting. Okay. And those are the those are the three that they're they're done. They're they're made. They're coming out this year supposedly. But with Neon as well, there could be other stuff that they pick up like at Cannes or 
um, you know, at the fall festivals that they'll add to their site. They do have other things in development. Like they have a, a movie musical about um, a group of people uh, in kind of like a bunker and at the end of the world called the end. And it's a movie musical as well from the guy who directed the uh, Indonesian genocide movies, uh, the act of killing and oh, the look of silence with Tilda interesting. Swinton. That's interesting. Yeah. And then, like, they have Memoria coming out as well, and Petite Mama, which is um, sure. coming out. Like, those are Mother's Day, over. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Warner Brothers is the next presentation after that. So, you got to think you're getting stuff from Elvis, um, Shazam, Shazam. Going to ignore DC the Flash right Pets. now because of Ezra Miller, Salem's Lot. Don't worry. Do we get anything from Don't Worry, Darling? Probably. Probably. And then. Um, the interesting thing about CinemaCon is like Warner Brothers in recent years did drop everything. Remember, like they they just posted shit online like right after they showed it and they showed some stuff really early. And then some studios don't let don't post this stuff at all. So it'll be interesting to see like. Well, they did that, that with, with like Comic-Con though, right? Like you're talking. But I thought about CinemaCon with- they did once too. I might be wrong, but um, uh, Black Phone is screening at CinemaCon. Uh, from universal um because they also do like early screenings a lot as well so Disney well, that's also screened doing... as well black phone because it was supposed to come out yeah. february so they did like screenings for it back in i think late december um, early january and then you have disney doing a big presentation on the 27th so you're probably going to get um some stuff from only their theatrical stuff so you won't get you know disney plus stuff so you're not getting anything from chip and dale Damn you're it. probably getting light year stuff because it's actually going to be playing in theaters thank god for pixar actually having a movie playing in cinemas again um excited to see that in imax and i hope they screen that in imax because i think it's something i talked about um a couple weeks ago where they actually made some of the footage in the really tall IMAX aspect ratio, which I think is really, really cool and and definitely makes sense for that movie. Um, and then I get, I guess you'll get some of the Marvel stuff, right. Of, um, and star Wars. No, there's no star Wars stuff. This you year might get an announcement though, either on like star Wars day, May the fourth or this where they're talking about like, okay, what's next theatrically for star Wars. Cause it doesn't, it kind of feels like we're at that point now where, you know, one of these, pro- these pitches, whether it be from Taika Waititi, whether it be from somebody else is ready should to be, be conf- kind of announced. Yeah. 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 You're not wrong. I think we have a star Wars celebration um, this year as well. I'll check that in a second. They are screening Top Gun Maverick there and then Lionsgate also has you think we might get the first black panther footage maybe mm-hmm. um, and then with paramount you might get some stuff on babylon as well the damien chazelle movie mm-hmm. so should be cool um we'll uh report back if there's anything paramount's having a good year with sonic's big take in jackass doing well scream did well uh scream did well um lost city did okay right yeah, it did better um, than expected yeah, so I mean Paramount I know has kind of been 
hit or miss uh, the last little well, while. Well, they've been but... selling a lot of their stuff off to Netflix, though, as well. Because remember, like, the, tr- the Trial of the Chicago 7 was a Paramount movie, and then they just mm-hmm. sold it to Netflix mm-hmm. during the pandemic. So and they're like, finally coming back now with the and theatrical then they, releases. They're really front-loaded this year because, like, they don't have a ton. They have Pause of Fury, which that trailer did nothing for me. Well, I saw it before Sonic. Um but they do have Top Gun, which they'll put a lot of effort into that. So that's true. Which should probably do pretty well. Yeah. Um, and then Babylon at the end of the year, and then Lionsgate. I don't. What know. does Lionsgate have? Well, we just saw uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, um, and then they have in September. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Oh, which, I, I uh, like that director, um, Kelly who did the Edge Craig. of uh, Seventeen. Yeah, Edge of Seventeen. It's got Rachel McAdams, Benny Safdie. <laughs> there you um, go. Kathy, Kathy Bates. Um, so that's interesting. And then that's they have White Bird, A Wonder Story, which is another Mark Forrester movie. He's got two. Well, and it's also based um, on the 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 Wonder movie with uh, uh, with the Jacob Trombley character. Although it's not focused on his character, but like interesting it's that universe. They have uh, the Devil's Light is a daniel stam movie who did the last exorcism um so probably like a found footage movie then and then that's all they have on like dated so i don't know maybe they'll have some other stuff that um they'll announce another saw movie probably fuck yeah and that's (laughs) that's it for presentations there so we'll have to see um and then news wise other than the brie larson stuff um was there anything in the last couple of weeks? I don't think there was anything major. It's been kind of slow. That's why I felt like we haven't last week when we were like, ah, I don't think we need to do a show after doing those couple interviews, which you guys should definitely check out. I'll keep plugging those. Well, even after the Oscars, right? Like it kind of felt like, oh, you know what the other thing is kind of, I mean, again, it's all rumors and hearsay, but next week, what we'll probably do a lot of coverage for is that the Cannes Film Festival mm-hmm. lineup is going to be announced on April 14th one filmmaker in particular that Matt and I both love that is rumored to maybe have a film is David Lynch. Yeah. Do you think that's true? I don't know. I, I, I don't want to get my hopes up and think that like the rumor is true, but at the same time, I wouldn't put it past him filming a movie in secret. And like, there were those rumors that he was going to make that series for Netflix. Wisteria. that, That might now be a movie instead. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's what that is. Um, whether it's with Netflix or if they dropped out, I forget. I think they said that they dropped out after like some issues with the pandemic and things like that. And um, so uh, I don't Watch know. Them man. Buy it back for like because it probably doesn't have um, distrib- like a distributor yet. So. Uh, yeah, if they drop it out, is real, even. and then it, yeah, if it is real, because there was rumor that Laura Dern was going to be in it, right? Yeah, and, that Laura Dern and Naomi Watts were both seen at um, the Netflix offices taking meetings with David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Maybe they still have it, but now it's a movie instead of um, a series. Because we know that maybe uh, it's an NFT. <laughs> God damn it. We know uh, Elvis is playing and we know Top Gun Maverick is playing. Yeah. And I think um, I think um, the other David Cronenberg, I think Crimes uh, of the of the Future will be playing. I think that mm-hmm. like, they like he wants to get that movie out by then. 
What other rumors have we heard? Um, uh, Ari Aster, Disappointment Boulevard, I think someone said, maybe, but, um, or maybe I'm just making that shit up, but um, I'm trying to think of can rumors that I've been reading lately, because that's this week, right? The 14th, yeah, so that'll be Thursday morning, early, obviously, in, in, in France, because of the time difference, but... um. Yeah, like I like the Cronenberg film I think will be like for me like the big one that I'll be most excited about that gets announced just because this is also rumored to be David Cronenberg's last movie. So mm-hmm. um if it is like that'll be also kind of poignant in a way. Uh yeah, I, I mean like there's there's a ton of stuff that like you have to think like, oh, there's the Alejandro Gonzalez Inarritu movie. There's um, Luca Guadagnino, but some of these also are like looking to Venice and and Tiff uh, in September. Like, so you know, it's like okay, like what what might be coming out also this summer that might be kind of an a, a kind of a, an art house movie, and then also like you can look at some of the lineup as well. And, and some of like, like Kelly Reichardt has a film that I think is in post-production. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else that's the same. The like, new Park Chan-wook might be yeah, there. Decision um, to leave. Um, I'm just kind of scrolling through shout out to Eric, uh, Eric Khan at Indie wire. Cohen. Put, uh, Cohen. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, he put together 50 movies that might uh, play. So I want to give, go check out his article on IndieWire. What does he got um, on there, Matt? Let's go through Eric. I'll try to point some out. Do you want me to go through all 50 or do you want no, me no, to just, just point like, some stuff out that, that, that people like, might know? That so tickles James, your James, a little James bit. Gray's Armageddon time. Yep. Um, he's popular at Cannes. Like he's been there before. So yeah, which I am. Uh, I'm definitely down. Um, it's also about his, what is it? All childhood. Like, childhood. In the 1980s right. in Queens, I believe. Or Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so, like, you know, Spielberg has the Fablemans this year. So, uh, maybe that's... All these filmmakers uh, with their, like, I need to tell my story. <laughs> yeah, I need to go back to when I was growing up. Uh, Luca Guadagnino's uh, Bones, Bones and, and All. all. Uh, 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 Brett Morgan's David Bowie documentary. Um, Corieta's Broker. Um, I'm trying to scroll through to see what else. Uh, a lot of these, you know, people might recognize, but I'm just trying to go with the, sorry, everyone, the bigger stuff or the people, the, the name, the big name people. Um, not saying that any of these aren't going to be fantastic or, um, or great, but I'm just trying to scroll through to see, uh, Oh, Kantamir Bagalov has a new movie called Monica. Yeah, that's um, one that, like, again, uh, uh, the director of Beanpole, um, like, some people are like, oh, is it even done yet? You know, and especially because, because he was he, working on Last of Us. And right? he also and fled like, from Russia, right? Like, he left Russia. Yeah. Or, yeah, he left Russia. So he did, yeah. yeah. Um, because, yeah, he he probably was working on it there, right? And then bailed out. And I know he was working on the first couple episodes of The Last of Us. I think he directed the first two episodes. Yeah. Um. So I think his two episodes are probably done for Last of Us. But that series is shooting all the way in, like, for a full year. I think it's still shooting until July of this year. 
Um, who else do we have here? Mia Hansen loves one fine morning. Leah Sadu, both in crimes of the future and that. That's fun. That's fun. Um, let me go through. I'm killing time as I scroll. Um, Kelly Reichardt showing up. Is that you already mentioned that? Yep. Uh, Florian Zeller's The Son. Director um, of the Father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Claire Denise, The Stars at Noon. So that one is also kind of like she was saying that she hasn't finished editing yet. Like, but apparently, like A twenty four is trying to rush that. So we'll see. Uh, we mentioned George Miller's Three Thousand Years of Longing. That is definitely rumored to be one of the competitive titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruben Ostlin's Triangle of Sadness. That yep. would be awesome. Um, would make sense. Terrence Malick's The Way of the Wind. That would make sense as well. If it's done, who knows with him? Um, oh, this is about the life of Jesus Christ? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Mark Rylance plays the devil. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Darren Aronofsky's The Whale. Um, Sarah Pauly's wo- uh, Women Talking. I think that'll be safe um, to the fall festival season. Yeah. I think she would want to have that at TIFF. So a lot of interesting stuff. I'm excited to see. So that's this week. And then we'll talk about what actually made the list um, on the next episode. Um, Other than that, I think that's a good preview of uh, another kind of 2022 preview. But now we're kind of, I can't believe we're already talking about festivals. We're already talking about, we'll be talking about TIFF soon enough. They did uh, have a press conference that neither of us went to. Nope. Um, I just too busy that week. Um, But Cameron Bailey announced that uh, to kind of, you know, I guess put a stamp on this episode uh, that TIFF will be fully in person this year. There might be a digital aspect, but it'll be mostly all in person. Um, So basically a regular festival. And um, uh, they added a new venue, which is the Royal Alexander theater on also on King street there. So you're going to have the princess of Wales. You'll have the Alexander theater. It's like all along queen street or King street, all those theaters that are there. So that's pretty dope that it's kind of all centralized and obviously continuing with Scotiabank and tip bell light box and Roy Thompson hall and things like that. So, um, will the escalators be working? We'll find out. We will. Uh, thank you all for listening or watching. If you liked this, we have a lot of other reviews that you guys can, and, and podcasts that you guys can check out. Um, easiest place for everything. Just go to our letterbox HQ, which is untitled underscore movies. Uh, but we do have reviews out right now for Sanic, the hedgehog Two, uh, everything everywhere all at once. Uh, speaking of everything everywhere all at once, we have a bunch of content for that, which we've mentioned. Um, we have reviews, um, a review for the movie and we have interviews with the Daniels and Kehue Kwan, uh, which you guys can, uh, go check out on this feed right here or on YouTube. Um, we also have reviews out for Apollo 10 and a half, a space age childhood, the bubble Morbius, um, down that list. Uh, the first four episodes of Moon Knight. So we're on Moon Knight episode two right now. But if you want a little bit of a sneak peek of what those next two episodes have in store, you can go check out our review of that as well. Um, as always, my name is Matt Roybeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Roybeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. 
Until next time. I hope James Gray's Armageddon time has Aerosmith's I don't want to miss a thing so we can combine the Bay universe and the Gray universe. Pure Bayham. <laughs>